Also, why is there no biking biathlon? Why is there no riding and shooting? That is a fair point. Welcome to Stand Up Pedal Action. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment that you've all, or at least some of you have been waiting for, or at least Josh and I have been waiting for. After months of our little summer sabbatical, we are back in the studio for another season of Supa. Josh, welcome back. Welcome back, Jason. <laughs> Thanks. It's good to be here. Over the last several months, while some of us were out there training for and competing in races, and the rest of us were just sweating to death in the summer or fighting off crowds as we traveled, Josh and I have been out of the studio and out running around in the world, enjoying some time on the bike and some time off the bike. But now we are back for another season of interviews and stories and more content from the cycling world to uh, get us through the quieter, colder months of the year when most of us are out there on those long rides, either in the garage or on a gravel bike or whatever it is. And that's not yet, because here in Colorado, the cycling season obviously runs a little longer, but... You're out. You're out. You're out. You're Um, Anyway, Josh, welcome back to the studio. What did you do with your summer? What did I do with my summer? Well, uh... I guess you could say my summer began in March mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, when I, I took a leave of absence from work um, just after, you know, facing some, some tough years with COVID. It uh, was time to try something else um, and go on a, a journey of finding myself, so to say, or, or finding, you know, where, where the passions lie and to try to yeah. um, dredge up some... Some motivation for some direction again and i did that initially through some some biking adventures in moab then i realized i need meaning (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so simmering on the back burner for years has been my desire to get involved with some disaster relief efforts globally Mm -hmm. Uh, so i was able to get on board with samaritan's purse and then they put me through some training uh and sent me to ukraine Holy cow. Because, yeah, this, a whole bunch of people asked me, they kept saying, like, where's Josh? Is he injured? Did he, did he fall? He's not riding. What's going on? Because you were totally out of communication for a while. And this is the reason why. So tell right. us a little more about this. Yeah. Well, there wasn't much bike riding at all. <laughs> so the, the trajectory of the year changed quite a bit. Uh, I, you know, put a lot of time and effort into training and racing over the last couple of years. And, that really fell off after April this year. And yeah. I did maybe one race, Royal Gorge 6 and 12, which was really fun. Uh, thankfully short because that endurance drops off quick. Well, uh, we're just going to, I'm just going to put it in plug for later on. Those of you who stick with us during the season, you're going to find out that even though Josh isn't racing, that doesn't mean he's slow. Uh, keep an ear out for the episode with Brett Billings that's coming up and you're going to find out just how good Josh still ends up being, even when he's quote unquote, not riding. It's all relative. Back to the story. Yeah. So I I was able to spend some time over there just serving people in uh, really cool ways. We really weren't sure what it was going to look like. Uh, The initial idea is that there would be a field hospital set up to address trauma from Mm -hmm. the advance of Russia. 
And I don't think anybody, besides maybe the Ukrainians, expected them to hold the lines as well as they did. And that changed the whole direction of the medical response because there was, in the West, there was not much trauma care to be given. So mm. ended up being more, more primary care and support. But still, it, it was amazing to just be able to, to love on people in a tough time. Yeah. And so many powerful lessons from that, like the power of presence and camaraderie. Uh, those things can mean so much to people who are facing pretty immense challenges in life. So uh, if you have no other takeaways from anything we've said, you don't always need to know what to say, but being present for those who are going through tough times uh, is very powerful in itself. And when you say presence, this isn't just a few Americans wandering over. Do you, do you want to describe a little bit about what it was like on some of those medical transports up to Poland? Yeah, yeah. So the the response involved from this organization, a couple clinics, a, a full field hospital, some, some clean water programs, some food distribution, medical supply distribution, um, medical education programs, and also transport, which is what I ended up doing most of my time. So jumping on an ambulance and helping shift people who would need long-term medical care out of the country. And yeah, they would be airlifted uh, medevaced to various European countries who were lending a hand. So it was very, very revealing. A lot of these patients you know, had lost much of everything they had, including limbs at times, and were going to you know, restart their lives in a place they didn't know with people they'd never met in a language that they didn't know. And it just put everything into perspective of you know, what, what we often take for granted here and you know, how, how powerful it can be to just be a presence for, for kindness, trying to love people away, however, however we're able. Yeah. If uh, any of you out there want to hear more, if you find Josh somewhere, just ask him about the experience of sitting with some of these patients on these transports, hearing what they had been through while being a part of a crew of medical professionals from 15 different countries, something beyond that? Yeah, there were quite a few countries represented. I don't think I ever counted it up exactly, both in our organization and outside of it. We, we did a lot of international convoys, essentially, with all sorts of different organizations. And that was a powerful experience just to see that, that connection and support from global representation. Yeah. Here in the Springs, we often talk about how big or small this particular town or even the little cycling community can feel, but it's pretty wild to be able to step out and then reach out into this wider space and see that the world itself is really not, not that big a place sometimes. Truly. Yeah, it has definitely gotten quite a bit smaller in my mind. You know, connections carry on. So it's, it's amazing to, to see new relationships form. And and the hope of returning. And it's different. All, all conflicts are different when you have a personal connection to them. Yeah. I, I still get the air raid alerts on my phone and it you know, reminds me to you know, send some, some thought and prayer towards the people still struggling over there. It's very much still continuing. Yeah, very much so. Uh, well, there's, there's plenty I could say about all of that. Uh, and you know, I won't, <laughs> I won't take all this time to do so. Sure. Uh, but if, yeah, if any of you want to hear more about it, if 
feel free to, to reach out to me or, uh, or ask me next time you see me in person. Was also able to do a couple, couple little races and jump back into some high school coaching this summer when I, when I got back and jumped right back into work. Mm-hmm. So still the hospital uh, with fresh perspective, which is, is really helpful. And then I was able to put some energy and time towards studying for uh, my flight nursing certification. And hopefully that will, uh, <laughs> never a dull moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that will come to fruition here shortly. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Right on. Stay tuned for that one. And then this, this week I'm getting to help Daniel Matheny out, uh, with some assistant course directing for the Pikes Peak Apex. Yeah. So that'll be a fun, more. fun time. By the time this airs, the race will have already happened, but Talk about uh, what it's been like to be on the course crew ahead of race day this year. Yeah. You definitely develop a deeper appreciation for the work that goes into putting an event like this on. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And what's amazing to me is that uh, it's essentially two full-time staff for this event year-round. And then the rest of the people ramp up a little bit closer mm-hmm. to the event. Uh, but Ultimately, I think there are six or seven people on staff total, and then the rest we vol- we rely on volunteers. So these things, that, I mean, they're they're powerful representations of the community, and the community is is what drives the growth. So definitely uh, look look to volunteer for these things if you want them to stay around, because they they often don't make enough after you know paying out prizes and uh, all the fees for hosting them and all those things in order to, to sustain them unless they have a strong volunteer base. Yeah. So that's been fun to see. And also the problem solving of like, what do we do if it rains? Who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> and how are you feeling about the course this year? It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be challenging. A little tougher than last year? In, in different ways. Mm-hmm. I would say mileage-wise, I, I haven't compared the stats directly, but mileage-wise, I think it's a little shorter. But some of the climbs are brutally steep, and we we get to spend some time in Canyon City this year, yeah. Which their mountain bike scene is just exploding. They are putting tons of time and money into building more trails and well well done professionally built trails. I'll just say you got to watch out for those knuckle high cacti. Oh, because they <laughs> they like to reach out and grab you, and grab your bars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's less about the bars and more about smacking your knuckles on a cactus. <laughs> and then you have friends for the rest of the ride. Uh-huh. Takes that type two fun to another level. Uh, yeah. But there's some amazing riding down there that we'll get to showcase some. And then we have a, a new, new course in Woodland Park this year. Um, some people who did it two years ago will remember the Rampart Reservoir Loop, which uh, that was, I was, Probably more of a gravel stage, except for the reservoir. Yeah. And this year, they're able to incorporate more single track coming from Woodland Park instead of Colorado Springs. So it should be fun. Yeah. There's a little bit of a, a Sweetwater showcase on day four. Ooh. So they're, they're incorporating that into the final final stage. Yeah, this is going to be a fun year as the Pikes Peak Apex actually now takes in the Pikes Peak region more broadly rather than just being Colorado Springs itself. Right. Um, I think we're going to be able to show off a lot of trail to a lot of people who 
probably have not had a chance to look around and see what kind of riding is down here in the region in general. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be pretty fun. Like Jason said, by the time this airs, it will have passed. But mm. think about signing up for next year. It's always cheapest when it first opens up, which I think is going to be near the end of October. Keep yeah. it on your calendars. Keep an eye on the web. Uh, look out for those signups. And, uh, and yeah, maybe we'll see you out there for one or multiple days. Since let's not forget, you don't have to sign up for all four days. Um, this year, they're also pioneering the team event where you alternate days or split days between a team of two mm -hmm. so a lot of options there and i heard that uh you're gonna be racing palmer that's the idea yeah we'll have to see hopefully i don't come back into the studio on crutches for the rest of the season i think it'll be all right i think we'll be all right well that's enough about what i'm up to what have you been up to this summer jason <laughs> well i have been a little more than i wanted this summer i've had some other things get in the way but it was a really fun year, starting with all the way back in the winter. You know, last, last year, winter 2021, I basically spent a whole bunch of time in the garage on Zwift trying to get fast. And yeah, I got faster. I don't know that I got actually that fast. But it was a lot of time just staring at the back of a garage door. This year, I had the pleasure of being outside a lot more a couple of trips up to park city did a hut trip or a yurt trip rather on uh the, the old backcountry skis so a lot of time out and about a lot more time on the gravel bike this winter those are both great ways to add a little extra training um especially man the yurt trip if none of you out there well if some of you out there have been on your trips you'll know if you haven't if you think that anything you're doing on a bike is hard, try post-holing to your knees while you're still on your skis carrying like a 50-pound pack and it's 10 degrees outside. <laughs> Definitely a different kind of type 2 fun, but holy cow is it rewarding. Um, nothing like having the woods to yourself in the winter. Uh, had some of that, made it to Moab as always, which is kind of a yearly pilgrimage, uh, came back in one piece, which is also super exciting. Which um, can't always be said. Cannot always be said, no. Um, which is really great. And moving into the summer, I was hoping to race some, but scheduling and uh, just some other commitments made it happen that I was not able to actually get to any of the races I wanted. Also, a couple of injuries, took a couple of big falls this summer, didn't break anything that I know of, but you know, it was another good reminder that staying healthy is hard. And on that vein, that's one of the reasons I've spent more time on the gravel bike than the mountain bike, at least by mileage this year, which is a really good thing to do. You know, I'm, I hate to say it, but 42. And as I get a bit older, I realize like, yeah, that whole thing where you're supposed to train more miles on road or gravel and save yourself for those harder, chunky days on rough trail. There's really something to that. And I'm seeing that more and more as I get older. Uh, so, you know, not as much time on some of my favorite trails in Palmer. Didn't make it out to some of the races that I really enjoy. But as Josh said, hopefully by the time you're hearing this, I will have at least one notch on my belt for this year. And that's the Palmer stage of the apex, uh, which is I'm, I'm looking forward to that's, that's going to be a good time. Mm -hmm. Have you ever actually gotten a race in Palmer? I can't no, remember. I haven't, which mm -hmm. is really infuriating because 
as far as the apex goes i was on course crew last year so it kind of was racing it because i was trying to get to the finish line before russell finsterwald rode me down from behind uh-huh <laughs> and riley and the rest of them but haven't actually had a chance to be between the tape out there just yet so excited for you because i for those listening this is the park that kind of formed the passion of mountain biking for jason it absolutely is yeah has this long is, connections as you yeah in, in many ways this is sort of my spiritual home of mountain biking so to be able to actually have a day racing on your own turf that's pretty fun mm-hmm. so I'm very much looking forward to it. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Well, I mean, you also have had some other pretty significant time commitments. I've had some other time commitments. I've uh, been spending a little bit of time with a special lady, as some of you out there know. Um, also, putting in some time, uh, doing, working on some other stuff, such as uh, on the work side, doing a little more investment in some videography and some other new areas that I don't normally work in. Some of that you're going to get to see as a couple of those projects uh, relate to Supa. We had one that came out earlier in the summer. Anybody who hasn't seen it can go find it on YouTube. And that is what happens when we put Josh on a road bike. Um, That's strange things. Strange things. Um, Worked on that last spring. And then we have another one coming out soon, which is a little collaboration that we did here at Supa with the Hibble Center. And with Michael Brothers, so this is a little bit of a hint to something that's going to be coming later in the season. Um, Not only do we get him back in the studio, but we got to go into the Hibble Center here in Colorado Springs and torture Josh and bring some cameras along. So keep an eye out. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's going to be coming soon. But yeah, that was uh, between that and some more time out and about traveling. It's been it's been a really fun year. So kind of nice to see something like quote unquote normal life from before COVID returning. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's very encouraging to see. Yeah. And uh, a little shout out here uh, for any of you needing video or photography or some web development <laughs> type needs, uh, basically anything in the creative world. Uh <laughs> It's a plug for, for Jason, because <laughs> uh, he is quite talented and skilled in all these areas and, uh, you know, loves work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly love getting paid for work, which is why Josh is plugging it. He's got to keep me financially sound so we can keep making this show. <laughs> True that. True that. Um, on that point, a couple of changes about Supa as we move forward. Josh, do you want to talk us through what that's going to look like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you to all of you who have reached out and said that you missed the show. You want to hear more. You want it to keep going. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that has been immensely encouraging. Yeah. And super has, fun to hear. Has really pushed it because we weren't sure, um, kind of direction of things. Uh, it was, it was very clear that we would not be able to sustain the pace that we were going at. Uh, one episode a week, uh, is pretty that, huge that was brutal. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was it was fun but this is this is clearly not what we do full time mm-hmm. and it it does take time so we're planning on at this point uh releasing episodes every thursday or, well not not every thursday <laughs> on thursdays the first thursday of each month so a monthly episode 
Maybe we'll have some special things in there in the mix. But, you know, trying to set the expectations here. Uh, one episode each month. Yeah. So one of our standard episodes, like Josh said, first Thursday of the month, those will be coming out. As and when we get a chance, we might be sneaking some more at you around the side. Uh, usually in our normal format, we might have some other fun things coming. Uh, we've been talking to some other past guests, guys like Daniel Matheny and others, about you know coming up with some uh, some new stuff we might be able to bring you guys his way. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll keep things mostly mostly centered around the cycling world, but I can't guarantee that uh, as our passions and our our own time commitments grow in various areas, you know, you might start to see some of that bleed bleed into this world as well. Uh, and of course, Type Two Fun is always near and dear to the heart. Oh yeah, as <laughs> always. That is one thing that I got to try over last winter was, uh, I mentioned Michael Brothers earlier, who's going to be back on the show, uh, with his background in cross-country skiing. I actually got to try that for the first time this last winter, and it was both way more fun than I thought and way more type two. Mm. (laughs) And I might be looking around to find some used cross-country ski gear on eBay somewhere. Because if I'm going to get tortured next winter, I think that's a pretty wonderful way to do it. Might you also be looking for a biathlon rifle? You know, yes, I would be, (laughs) except there's nowhere in Colorado to use them. So, yeah, until I relocate to Park City, uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. But we'll have to talk to Dr. Brothers about uh, pushing the Woodmore Golf Course. To add a rifle range. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like in Colorado, which tends to be a fairly gun-owning state, getting a rifle range out there shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> yeah, then we can have our nice little biathlon course. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> also, why is there no biking biathlon? Why is there no riding and shooting? That is a fair point. New Olympic sport? I think it's possible. I see no reason why not. Maybe we should try. I think we should. Mm. All right. Well, I'm not going to say stay tuned for that, but don't be surprised if that comes back up later. Wow. Well, feel free to to reach out to us. Uh, the best ways are either through our website, which is supa.bike, S-U-P-A dot B-I-K-E, or on Instagram at Stand Up Pedal Action or Facebook, Stand Up Pedal Action. Yeah. And, you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts, um, some encouragement. If you have some critiques, you know, We'll be happy to hear them, but you know, again, this is a passion project, so yeah, setting the standards pretty low here. (laughs) And if you have anybody out there that you think absolutely needs to be on the show, especially in the biking world where a lot of us are laying low and kind of hiding in a corner and doing our own thing, feel free to out any of your friends if you think they absolutely need to get on this microphone. Uh, if you've got if you know there are some great stories and great storytellers who are just hiding in the woodwork, we'd love to hear about them. We're excited to be back and uh, looking forward to what this season may hold. Yeah. So on that note, welcome to Stand Up Pedal Action Season 2. If you want to know more about Stand Up Pedal Action, you can check us out online at supa.bike. That's S-U-P-A dot B-I-K-E. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.